Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now, here are your co-hosts, Megan Rollins and Kevin Witham. Welcome back to the Common Ground Unity Podcast. I'm Kevin Witham, and I am thrilled to be with you today and so glad you're listening in, listening to these conversations week to week. We hope they're challenging, inspiring, informative. Today, I am going to be interviewing uh, my great co-host for this podcast week to week, Megan Rawlings, because uh, Megan uh, started a ministry a number of years back called The Bold Movement, and I want to spend some time letting you get to know her better and getting to know more about The Bold Movement. Megan, welcome. Hi, thank you. Welcome. Welcome to you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I You've made me feel very welcome. I'm, I feel right at home now. Good, good, um, good. Hey, it's good to be uh, today interviewing you instead of co-hosting with you because I think folks are going to learn some great things and some useful things. Tell us first a little bit about yourself, Megan, about your life, your spiritual journey, your ministry, and the things you're involved with outside of Common Grounds and and the Bold Movement. Yeah, so... Um, I was born and raised in the church and I cannot remember a time that I I didn't love Jesus. Like at three years old, I would walk around and tell people, Hey, Jesus loves you. And, um, you need to come to church and he needs to be your savior. And (laughs) I was, uh, baptized at five years old. Um, and they were like, a lot of people were like, did you understand it? And maybe not to the depths that an adult would, but I definitely knew Jesus loved me and died for my sins. Um, and a quick, funny story. I, my sister's three years younger than I am. So she's like two and I'm five. And I said, uh, Hey, Kayla, do you want to go to heaven? And she goes, nah, I'm good. I just want to play with my Barbies. And I was like, no, not now. Like when you die. And she's like, I don't want to die. And I was like, Oh, cool. So if you believe in Jesus and let me put you under this water, then we're going to be fine. And you can, you don't ever die. You'll live forever. And she was like, all right. You know, she's two. What? I mean, this is, I I might have like exaggerated our conversation. So I dunk her under the water to baptize her. And as I'm pulling her up, my mom walks in and it looks like I'm trying to drown my two-year-old sister, not baptize her. But that was, (laughs) um, you guys will be happy to know that I did baptize her later when she, uh, when she, um, accepted Christ later on in, in her faith. And that's really cool. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, (laughs) married a super attractive pastor. He was preaching the word of God, and I don't think there's anything better than that. And so um, I married him. He's the most interesting man in the world. And then um, started doing some women's ministry stuff, going to the Bible studies, and wasn't satisfied. Um, I thought they were frankly shallow and only scratching the surface. And I was hungry for the word of God. So I complained to my husband and he said, do something about it. So that's where we got the bold movement. Well, so, so tell us about that. Tell us about the bold movement. And 
you gave us just a little sentence there, but expand on that. What inspired you to lead the charge in getting this movement underway? And what does it look like? Well, it was a combination of things, really. Um, I started, I, I really started taking my faith seriously, like deep diving um, in scripture and really wanting to understand and, and fully dedicate and like just really super focus on faith in my late teens, early 20s. And um, I was begging women to mentor me. It was all the guys at church who were my age had a male mentor. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. That will help me get deeper in my faith. But I couldn't find a woman anywhere willing to mentor me um, because I had a Bible degree. And they were uh, like, well, we don't know the Bible well enough, or I'm too busy or whatever their excuse was. Um, And I was absolutely devastated because I felt like I was getting the short end of the stick. Like all these guys are being invested in and growing and Um, I was handed Bible studies that had, you know, they were comparing scripture to their puppy that they saved (laughs) from the water. And I was like, what are you, what, you know, there's, this definitely isn't fair here. And, um, then I realized Kevin that, uh, there are tons of resources for women, um, And it's the exact same resources they were recommending for men. So I just (laughs) went and borrowed those books and studied and um, talked to the pastor and said, you're going to have to help me learn this stuff because I can't find a lady. So until I can get there. And he did. And uh, then I married him because he did such a good job at it. So (laughs) (laughs) that that, that husband's been influential on your life. He has. Yeah, he has. But and so what, what does the bold movement look like? Like if you were to describe it to someone It is what? Mm, Good question. So it's an online women's ministry that um, we're a community as well. So there is uh, women helping women. Um, And essentially what we do is we train women how to study the Bible and how to find their role in the kingdom of God. Because we're not all called to be teachers. We're not all called to be... um, Everybody has different roles that um, they are given gifts in doing. Like me, I am definitely not an administrative type of person. Um, I'm a big idea person, um, and I need to surround my people with or surround myself with people who are very detailed um, because I'm just not. And so I want to help women figure out how do I use the gifts and passions that I have to serve the kingdom, make an impact, and grow it. Um, And that's essentially what we do by showing you how to study the Bible so that way you can see what's useful to God's kingdom. You got to know what it looks like before you can contribute, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I love the title. How, How did you come up with the title, The Bold Movement? Boy, that's strong. Yeah. So, um... One of the really cool things I think about being a woman is that um, there's a lot of things that encompass our femininity, right? So just because I'm feminine doesn't mean I'm weak. And I think those are oftentimes synonymous. And so what I did is I took uh, with some of my friends, um, we talked about it and we took the word bold. And usually that has a very masculine connotation, a very rigid connotation and a very in your face kind of um, feel to it. And we took it and we said, no, being bold doesn't have to be the big red and black and straight in your face. Being bold is stepping into who God has called you to be. And we're not trying to 
train women on how to focus on how to be a Christian woman. We're training women on how to be a Christian who follows Christ wherever they are at whatever place they're in. Um, we don't want to just like over, uh, fluff it I guess is the best way to say it but we do like flowers and that's okay um but the boldness that we seek out is more of like humility love welcoming togetherness support and then depth um and we're making bold something else so yeah we we said this is going to be a bold movement and we just we just went with it so if somebody goes to your website what are some of the resources? What are some of the ways that they can plug into the bold movement? And and why don't you give the website name or, or uh, j- just the website title uh, while you're answering that? So you can um, go online to www.theboldmovement.com. Super easy. Um, and we offer nine free resources to show you how to use um, extra biblical uh uh, resources for right. a better term. Um, we, and by some of those, what are, what are some of those extra biblical resources for our we, listeners that you're thinking about? Yes, we'll teach you how to use a lexicon, interlinear, concordance, commentaries, um, background commentaries, um, dictionary of biblical imagery was one of them, maps and atlases, um, and there's two more that I'm not thinking of. That's but all right, folks. Can, Bible that'll dictionary. Make, that'll know, make that people process. curious to get on there and look. Yeah. And then we we also, um, we teach you things like how to do a word study. So, you know, um, the Bible wasn't written in English. I know, crazy thought. But uh, <laughs> it was written in um, Hebrew, uh, Aramaic, and Greek. And so sometimes, um, like, for instance, the word covenant, it's not just a promise between two people. There's like a whole deep meaning that would take almost a paragraph to explain it um, that we miss because of our language. And it doesn't mean that covenant, how we understand it is wrong. It just means we can go so much deeper and get more out of it and be richer for it if we did those word studies. So we teach women how to do word studies. And I guess these resources are available to men. Just know that they're targeted towards ladies. So, Well, that's awesome. So, you know, this is going to help folks who are uh, teaching and give them depth and tools to be better teachers, but it's going to just help uh, the everyday disciple who's wanting to go in, into far greater depth into the Word than they, they could if they just had their, their Bible sitting there. This is going to help them to really go deeper into it and, and understand it in richer yeah, ways. for sure. But, you know, I, I remember from an earlier conversation and then reading some things about the bold movement, you know, that one of the things that uh, really incited you to want to create this was the lack of time in the Word and knowledge of the Word by so many Christians. Mm. Why, why, why do you as, you, as you've been in this for a while, why do you suspect that so many Christians, women and men, don't get involved in in-depth? study of the word and what are some of the consequences of that well i'm going to be very bold here kevin <laughs> <laughs> get bold megan i i think there's uh two things at least from what i'm hearing and and what i'm picking up i think one people are lazy um and we just don't want to because it's hard and we like things that are easy um and it takes time and it takes practice to 
um, study and it's not something that's natural because we aren't living in the first century. So we have to look up the culture and see, you know, why uh, John the Baptist calling um, the Pharisees the brood of vipers. Why is that a big deal? Right. Because to us, it's like, ooh, good one. <laughs> like, you know what right. I mean? Right. Um, but looking up the culture, it's like, no, vipers, or that's not even a culture thing. It's just like a viper. Vipers, uh, what is it, like the young eat their mothers? Um, or they, they were, it was like an old legend or something. So anyway, it was, it was this whole thing, like there was a huge insult behind it. And I think people just, it's not natural to know that stuff. And so um, we live in an instant gratification kind of world. And the Bible gives us what we want if you just read it and it's like, yeah, that's what I want it to mean. That's a lot easier than actually taking time to figure out what it's actually saying. That's one. Two, I think that we have just not made it a priority. I think we've taken kids to soccer games and softball and and baseball and, um, you know, we go to work, we come home, we take kids to do whatever they have to do, come home. By the time you give the kids a bath, you feed the family, you clean up the mess, you get ready for bed, you're exhausted from a full day of work, you might have 10 minutes to yourself and you're just going to kind of numb yourself by watching TV. Um, you're not going to put in extra effort and energy into studying and then you go to bed. I think it's just a priority, a lack of priority. What are, what are some of the consequences of that to our churches? Well, I mean, if we look at the state of the church right now, um, this is the first time in history in America that uh, Pew Research says that we our membership has fallen under 50%. Um, I also see it's like seven out of 10 kids are leaving the church. Um, and I'm a huge believer that both of those things stem from people not knowing what they believe or why. Everybody's looking for an identity, and um, they're going to take anything that's prepackaged and easy and we just have not done a good job at this is what Christianity is. This is how you study the Bible. I don't think people know how either. That's a problem as well. Um, if you don't know what resources to use to better understand A, B, or C, it's just going to be frustrating to you. I don't know how many women have come up and been like, I've read it and I just don't understand. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> what translation are you reading? Because that could be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's right, because, that, you know, I grew up thinking the King James Version came right from the Apostle Paul. Yeah, so. and you know what? It's a beautiful version because the language is so regal. But if you can't, you know, if you have a sixth grade reading level, you're just not going to comprehend it. Absolutely. By the way, I, I, I ridded myself of that idea very early on. So, you know, didn't want to leave our <laughs> listeners with a false impression. So Thanks so for Megan, the clarity. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> I thought yeah. it'd be a good idea having said that. So, yeah. Megan, if you were talking to somebody who's a a relatively new believer, maybe they're a baby Christian, what what advice would you give them as to you know the best way to get started and the best starting place? The first thing I would do is tell them to get a good study Bible. Um, and I I like study Bibles that have different editors for different books, not editors, different um, commentators for the different books, um, because that usually means they have leading scholars in that book. So it's not just one person trying to explain all 66 books. Um, now, if you have one person, that's not bad. I'm not, I mean, <laughs> it could be good. I just like it when I have experts in that book. Um, 
find a solid study Bible would be my first suggestion. My second is uh, make sure you're in a solid church that is constantly preaching the gospel to you and is preaching the word of God um, so that way you're being fed. I think fads and it's easy to get into that stuff, but if they are using scripture to back up their sermons and they're preaching the word of God and they're preaching the gospel, then it'll be good. You're good. Oh, that's good stuff. Good advice. Um, If they're not using their Bible in a sermon and they're not preaching the gospel, get out. I can, I can confidently say that. I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. So, you know, as you look at the bold movement, here you are a person. I didn't mention this in the, the introduction. Um, you're well-studied yourself. You've got a master's degree uh, yourself in, in theological studies. Uh, as you mentioned, you're married to a man in ministry. I mean, you guys are in the Word, uh, and it not only is it a part of your life, it's just a part of who you are. As you look at the bold movement and you look five and ten years out, what do you hope you to accomplish and what do you envision? And, and how do you see the bold movement growing and having a greater impact? I would love to see um, women who are confident enough to mentor younger <laughs> women so that the younger women don't have to go through what we went through. Yes. Um, I want women to feel like if they don't have all the answers, they know where to find them. Um, and they're okay with not knowing, um, because they can ask questions and not feel embarrassed about it, or they can, you know, they're more educated on how to Google it correctly or whatever it is. Um, but I just want women to feel supported and loved and like they have a tribe. Um, because I think ministry, whether it's formal or informal, um, is a very lonely thing. Um, and I think that we're all lonely. We're all busy. And I, I think it's really hard to just do it when you are feeling kind of isolated, I suppose. Um, so I just want women to feel like they have someone in their corner. Like, I am your coach. I want to support you. I want to, like, you know, give you water when you're thirsty. I want to yes. fill you up when you're running out because you're going to do it for me one day, too. We just that's that's what a relationship is. It's give and take. That's what I would love to see. And I would love for it to be women in all churches doing that for one another. Absolutely. Boy, that's that's a terrific vision. Now, do you ever find yourself, your husband, Matt, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned he's a preacher, preaches at Christ Community Church in Portsmouth, Ohio. So if any of our listeners are ever in Portsmouth, go visit Christ Community Church and hear Matt preach. Do you ever uh, listen to him preach and, and take him aside and say, you know, I think on that particular text, maybe you should have gone in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that question. We'll go on to the next. And well, by the he, way, let's... he usually asks me beforehand. So <laughs> very yeah. good. Some he's, partnership he's there that. in building the message. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, he's um, also an attorney. So um, he he uh, was a constitutional attorney with a uh, company called Alliance Defending Freedom for 15 years before he did full time ministry, and um, it was really fun. Uh, to see him in action, you know, uh, protecting the rights of Christians. I think that's really cool. Um, and we he need always to have Matt on sometime. Oh my gosh. He's literally the most interesting man I've ever met. I had to marry him, but <laughs> he a... always said there's a, no matter where he ends up in eternity, there's a special place for him. 
<laughs> we we want him to be uh be with all of us with the Lord. And uh I know a lot of attorneys are gonna be there with us. <laughs> no, he will be. Don't worry. <laughs> His all salvation right. is set. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> well, you guys must make a great ministry uh partnership. Um so your experience up to this particular point, what what hopeful and encouraging experiences have you had that really keep you pressing forward? I mean, what are those things that have made you uh, say, wow, this is why I'm in this and this is why I stay in this? Mm, good question. So um, if you've ever been in ministry, which you have, obviously, but for my listeners here, if you've ever been in ministry, you know how defeating it can be. <laughs> <laughs> because we are, we like to see results, right? Like yes, yes. if you preach your heart out, you want to see the tears and conversion. I get it. It's the Holy Spirit moving, but I want to be used. Like I want to be part of that. And um, my human nature gets in the way all the time and God has to humble me and I don't like it, but it's, A- you know. Amen. You I sometimes, sometimes feel like Jeremiah who wanted to go into the motel business out in the desert. Oh know? my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, but but I'll tell you, I uh, was speaking at a conference in um, Missouri, uh, Illinois. It, it was like uh, it was in Missouri and Illinois, it was like across the river. So yes, yeah. I'm in California. <laughs> I know there are states out there that are real close to each other, and you cross in and out pretty readily. Go ahead. Yes, I was at a conference speaking, um, and afterward, I had so I have a study Bible, and I didn't bring a Bible to teach with. Um, and like study Bibles are pretty thick and I just didn't think about it. And so we ran to Walmart real quick and got this little NLT Bible, um, just easy. I could use it to teach from, and it was something, you know, that I could take up on stage and it wouldn't be huge. And so, um, I was teaching with that Bible and my mom had said just briefly, Hey, this is really cool because if someone needs it, then you can give it to them. And I'm thinking, mom, we're going to a church for a women's conference. No one's going to need a Bible. (laughs) Um, And so I, I, you know, I taught my lesson. I was super pumped. I, you know, preached the gospel and did what I did. (laughs) You know how you get pumped after you do it. And then it's like kind of a letdown because it's like, (laughs) oh, okay, there's, you know, it it was what it was kind of thing. Um, And then afterward, a lady walked up to me. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding the Bible. Um, and I said, well, what are you using? And she said, well, we use one from, uh, I was given a gift. It's a family Bible that was given a gift at the wedding, um, at my wedding. I said, oh, okay. Well, do you know what kind it is? She goes, yeah, it's a KJV or what in KJV. And I said, well, why don't you take this Bible? It was an NLT. And I said, this is a really easy Bible to read. Um, it's great if you want to read it to your kids too, because it's a sixth grade reading level. So um, it'd be perfect. And she goes, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. I said, no, <laughs> I did mark up a little bit where I taught today just so I would know where to start and stop. But if you're okay with that, you can have it. And a couple months later, she texted me and was like, I just wanted you to know that um, I put down my Jesus calling and I picked up my Bible and I have read the Bible with my family every single day since you gave it to me. Oh boy, that's success right there. Those moments are the ones that are like, yep, it was worth it. All of it's worth it. Um, getting women excited about being in the word. That's, that's it right there for me. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's a great story. And if you just multiply that out, um, 
that'll keep you going. All those discouraging moments will just kind of be swept aside with uh, women getting empowered by being in the word. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk and, a you know, bit. I would I would love to say that that was like definitely a me thing and I'm really proud of myself. But really, it was my mom who put that idea in my head. Um, yeah. And it was just a God moment. And I know that might seem like not that big of a deal, but that was huge because, you know, when when people haven't been doing something and then they finally catch the vision and they're like, this is why I need to be doing it. This is how I grow. And like you see the light bulb click. That's it, you know? Well, that, that's a huge deal. I mean, you see a mom who's getting into the Word with her family now, and she's, she's growing in her walk with God. That changes the course of a family. Mm-hmm. It changes her life. I mean, the fruit that comes from that. I sometimes think, you know, in ministry, these things that we think are small things, boy, the big things come out of the small things. You know, mustard oh, yeah. seed faith mm-hmm. just leads to incredible things. So, Boy, stay at it. Those stories uh, are powerful, and and real change is coming from all that. And you know, my so, Gigi once told me, um, you your know, when G- you're yeah. my Gigi, whenever you're uh, teaching your Sunday school classes, you might not feel like you're doing anything significant, but just remember, Billy Graham had a Sunday school teacher, and That's right. that. That stuck with me. I was like, you know, it's it's the little things. It's being faithful in the little things that separate the mature Christians from those who are just doing whatever they want. That's right. And it's how Jesus entrusts us with greater things. We're faithful in the small things. Yes, exactly. And by the way, I'm from California. You're from Ohio. I, I'm going to take it that your Gigi is your grandmother. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just, you know, make sure we've got our titles and terms yes. uh, correct here. All right. So, Megan, here we are on a podcast that's serving people in the broader Stone Campbell movement. And I know that you came into the Stone Campbell movement uh, maybe a little bit later that you grew up. I think you told me once in it with a Baptist background and come into this restoration movement and are yeah. a part of a restoration church and work for a restoration movement college, Kentucky Christian College. Mm-hmm. As, as you think about the Stone Campbell movement and you know, this great unity and restoration movement. How do you see the bold movement contributing to our goal of unity? Mm, yeah. So um, just to clarify, I was raised Southern Baptist, not oh, just Baptist. I, so. <laughs> I, I should have been more specific. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like me calling you a Christian church guy. Come on. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm I grew Lord. up on the other no, side I... of the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But we or I should you, say without a keyboard. That's right. What did I say? We give you exposure therapy and now you're starting to come over to our side. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Yeah. So um born and raised Southern Baptist and I actually um didn't really I wasn't familiar with what the restoration movement was until I married my husband, which is funny because in high school um I went to a restoration movement church. Um but, you know, we were so and, and perhaps you just hadn't heard the term. I hadn't. It was very gospel focused. And so yeah. um, I did I did hear about the restoration movement, but it was never something that I really dove into because as a teenager, you're not really you don't care about denominations. My generation right. didn't, at least. Yeah, um, I understand. So, um, yeah, I, I 
love everything that the restoration movement offers. It's, you know, freedom and open-handed issues, unity and closed-handed issues, um, a focus on what the New Testament church looked like, a focus on let's just preach the gospel, let's just preach the word of God. And I'm I am super passionate about those things. And Amen. one of the things I think the bull movement can contribute to uh, the sake of unity is that uh, we welcome all Christians from all backgrounds, and we do exactly what the restoration movement does, and that is we teach the Word of God. And I think the most unifying thing that Christians can do is study the Word of God together. Yeah. And come together and fellowship. And and it's okay if we have healthy debates or healthy discussions on issues that we don't agree with. And that's what we do. I, I think and, that's and, a that's what we do. And do, do it around scripture. Yes, absolutely. Back yeah. it up. Challenge each other. It's good. It's healthy. So, Megan, you're, you're targeting women in the bold movement. And I'm sure we have a lot of women listening. How can women listening get involved. They're, they're listening to this and they want to know more about the bold movement. What are some steps that they can take uh, to get involved and to be blessed by the ministry you're offering? So um, you can follow us on all of our social media and contribute to the conversations that are being had there. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter, but I don't tweet much because Twitter's very hostile these days. <laughs> it freaks me out, man. Get too much anxiety yeah. on that one. Um <laughs> And uh, we so also ins- have Instagram and Facebook. Just look up the bold movement. Yes. Uh, TBM underscore ministry. Yeah. And you okay. could type in the bold movement. We'll pop up. Okay. Um, we're, we're a very uh, competitive name. So you'll have to search us a lot. We're not. That's not true. <laughs> we also <laughs> um, we have Bible studies um, that where you study the Bible while learning how to use your resources. Um, and when you become part of, uh, when you purchase a Bible study, you become part of our, uh, insiders community. And it actually, we have the commentaries and the concordances and the Bible dictionaries and all of that for you on the website. So that way you can complete your Bible study without having to purchase anything outside of, um, the Bible study. And they're only like 20 bucks or something like that. Um, and we also have podcasts, our, our own kind of podcast, where we work through scripture verse by verse. So, And are the podcasts, should people look up the Bold Movement specifically? It's, you can look up the Bold Movement, but our podcast, we just rebranded. It's called Talk Bible to Me. <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just me. I try to make it feel like we're, you know, drinking a cup of coffee over the table. I don't fix my mistakes. I don't edit them out. Like if I mispronounce a name and butcher it and then laugh at myself for butchering it because I'm embarrassed, like I keep it in there because I want it to be authentic. So yeah, that's great. Well, Megan, I can't tell you what a a pleasure it is week to week to co-host common grounds with you. And I'm, I'm really happy to give folks the opportunity to learn more about you in this ministry and I hope some of our listeners really plug in and get involved with you in that. I mean, to encourage people to get into the Word at a deeper level, I can't imagine something that would be more faith-strengthening to their life. So thanks for doing this with, with me week to week, and thanks for sharing more of yourself. Yeah, I loved it. I love talking about the bold movement, so anytime. Uh, all right. Well, next week on Common Ground Unity, you're going to be interviewing me. Wait, wait, wait. Me. Wait. 
You didn't ask me what how I liked my coffee. Well, I, of course. How could we let the podcast end without asking you that question? Haters going to hate, man. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole idea of Common Ground Unity is about relationships. And unity starts with a cup of coffee, sitting down across a table from somebody and getting to know them at a deeper level. So if you and I were sitting down and having a cup of coffee together, how do you like your coffee? I like brown water. So half coffee, half hot water. Ooh. Okay. I know I'm the worst. Everybody just threw up in their mouths. I know they did. (laughs) Then I will, uh, I'll certainly let you drink your own coffee and I'll yeah. drink mine. <laughs> That's what well, my husband always says. Let me go get you your brown water, honey. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'd love to meet Matt sometime and uh, love what you're doing. Uh, we'll be back next week and you're going to be actually interviewing me about some things related to the atmosphere of unity. So we'll look forward to that. I am. I'm so excited to hear you talk about yourself because you don't. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Well, it's not as exciting as you might think. But everybody, we hope you'll join with us next week for another podcast of Common Grounds Unity. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast with Megan and Kevin. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember... Unity starts with a cup of coffee.